Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, C-suite executives and innovators who provide insights from their personal journey to inspire you. And this is your host Priyanka Kumla. And as a quick reminder, this is part of a special series to celebrate artificial intelligence innovators this week at Career Startup Leadership Podcast, and we have an amazing guest lined up for you. But before I unveil who that special trailblazer women in technology is, I'm going to give you a quick reminder to subscribe to us by following me, Priyanka Komla, or our Career Startup Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn to get your LinkedIn Live notifications. We're also on Twitter at PodStartup on YouTube, so feel free to subscribe if you're listening to us on YouTube and your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You know, wonderful ways in which you can leave a review and rating to let us know how this podcast is inspiring you to be a better version of yourself. With that being said, let me tell you who my special guest is. She's from Chicago, and I have Deepa Karta, who's the CEO of Journeys, uh, AI-driven startup venture. Hi, Deepa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Priyanka. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Such a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm super excited given your amazing background. You know, I see you as someone who has 20 plus years in fintech and now has pivoted herself to be one of the best Asian women CEOs in the startup world. To our listeners, I'm going to give you a brief introduction about who Deepa is. She's the founder of Journeys from Zinder, a gamified social mobile employee engagement platform. And before the entrepreneurial journey, as I mentioned, she spent 20 plus years in the fintech industry. But you know what? The best part about it is. What's remained constant is her approach towards making work fun, purposeful, and fulfilling for herself and her teams, no matter how big or geographically diverse they are. And in her spare time, Deepa enjoys gardening, writing, teaching yoga. Well, she just told me she woke up at 5 a.m. when I asked her, did you just get started? And she was like, no, 5 a.m., I've been super productive. So <laughs> super excited to have somebody like her. And she's a mom to three children. So a lot of things that she's beautifully juggling and I'm excited to learn more about her startup journey, as well as how she's making strides to make a difference for the society while balancing everything else that comes through as a woman of color. Thank you, Deepa, again, to being on the show. Excited to be here, Priyanka. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And as a special giveaway, Deepa is going to give a free exclusive mentoring session to one lucky winner. So put your thinking hats on to drop in a question or a comment, and let's see who that lucky winner is going to be. So Deepa, I'm going to get started with your childhood. You know, growing up in India, from Trivandrum in Kerala to Chicago, mm -hmm. what's one thing that you've learned in this journey when you look back at your life? You know, that's a very interesting question, Prinka. Um, uh, you know, I'm actually one of those people who I have the memory of a gnat, you know. So I typically don't look back at all. I'm constantly looking forward. Uh, but one of the things that I remember <laughs> very fondly is my mom telling me, hey, Deepa, you are always floating through life. Make sure that you are you know, focusing on what you have to do at the present instead of constantly dreaming. So that is something that has constantly stayed with me my entire life, even as, even as I'm dreaming and kind of floating through life. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big dreamer. Uh, you know, one of the things that I don't do too much of, perhaps I should do a little bit more about it, is look back a little bit more. Uh, you know, like recently, for example, uh, we just had a we just had a musical collaboration with my college friends, and we created a video. <laughs> 
physical collaboration video. So that was very fun and very exciting because, you know, you're collaborating with friends from, I don't know, from 20, 25 years ago. And we actually created something which is very exciting. So as I said, you know, nostalgia, I'm not a nostalgic person typically. You know, I'm more of a looking forward, what's next for me kind of person. That's pretty cool. How does your family see your success, especially your mom? Uh, she's constantly on my case. Deepa, don't flow through life. <laughs> Even till today, after seeing all this. Even till today. I mean, she's she's my, uh, you know, she's a really good, good cheerleader for me. So she's constantly giving me, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur is not easy, right? It's not, you know, uh, success is a very, very relative term. Right. So as you're an entrepreneur, especially a startup entrepreneur, uh, trying to you know get your product in the market and things like that, you go through a lot of mostly downs and some ups. So having a cheerleader for you who believes in you and constantly tells you, hey, it is the success is in front of you. Keep going. So my parents are very helpful and they're very, um, you know, they they cheer me on all the time. So that is very, very helpful. That's pretty amazing. You need to tell me what your mom thinks about you being on this podcast after the show. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> so tell us about your passion. You know, I see you as someone who enjoys working with people, bringing them together for productivity and engagement. And mm -hmm. was that a pivotal point to shift from fintech into the startup world? Yeah. So, um, you know, fintech, you know, when, you, when you're working in a large organization, I mean, you have several layers of what you do, right? I mean, you have the, you know, the, your job function, which is one part of what you do. The second part of it is that, you know, your teams. The third part of it is that the business, what exactly is the business doing? So, uh, you know, what I found after working in several years in FinTech is that I really enjoyed technology. Uh, I really had a lot of um, fun with working with people and bringing processes together and finding problem solving and finding efficiencies. I was very excited about that. And But the one thing that I knew I wasn't excited and it took me a long time to realize it uh, is that I wasn't as excited about late fees and interest rates. I just wasn't excited about that, you know, uh, because, you know, I think this is something that most people do, right? You get out of college and the first job that you do that you perhaps accidentally got it. And then that kind of sucks you in and then life kind of takes you on a little journey. And then the next thing you kind of, you know, uh, you uh, raise your head up and the next thing you know, oh, okay, is this what I really want to do? And that is really the mode that I was in uh, before I started my company and I realized no, this is not what I wanted to do with the rest of my career. So that is what is, what uh, made me decide that, hey, I actually want to do something where I build something and focus on something that I care about rather than things that I accidentally fell into. I'm so glad you took the time to reflect and make these pivotal changes. Did you have this feeling of fear or uncertainty because you're venturing into the startup world? And as you rightly pointed out, it's not everyone's cup of tea, right? Especially being a woman entrepreneur of color. Mm -hmm. What was going at the back of your mind when you were taking that leap of faith? Uh, it is actually one of those things where, you know, people always say, hey, you should have, you know, you should try it. You should try it first before you jump in. What I saw is that when I was actually trying to do this and the other, so I was actually doing some consulting part-time while I was actually figuring out what I wanted to do from a startup perspective. And I what I found is that you really need to be all in or not, you know, at least for me, that is the way I operate, even though I'm 
pretty decent at multitasking. To do a startup, and especially a product startup, it is going to be very difficult if half of your mind is focused on something else, right? Because whatever I'm focused on, I'm kind of sucked into that at that point of time. So then it's difficult to kind of split it up and say, I'm going to do this and this. Because, you know, realistically, there are only 24 hours in a day. I wish there was more, but there isn't, right? So so you have to make a decision as to whether you want it or not. At least that was my perspective. So I decided that I really needed to, if I needed to make it successful, doing it half was not going to work for me. I needed to jump in and give it a try. And at that point of time, you know, thankfully, you know, I have a very supportive husband and that part wasn't bad for me. And he said, hey, I'm going to support you. So that was good. So that helped me make up my mind. And without that, it probably would have been very difficult to do it, you know? So so for me, from a risk perspective, I wasn't taking that much of a risk. So it wasn't bad. I'm so glad your dreamer attitude has stayed on as you have been through life changes. So tell me yeah. about, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think that is one of the things that, you know, even, even while working in FinTech, I was, again, looking back, I realized that I was more of an entrepreneur, right? I'm constantly trying to build things. I remember when I was actually consulting with uh, the company, which I ended up working for for 20 years, um, the, one of the first thing that I built on top of credit card systems was like a timesheet and a bunch of other productivity things. And, and as I think back about it, I, I realized that I was kind of building tools on the side for people stuff while I was doing all of these fintech stuff uh, as my real job. So I think that entrepreneurship and the, the you know, it, it is that dreaming and it's really trying to, trying to make things better, you know, so that, that is something that is driven really. You bring up a very good point about entrepreneur because a lot of people want to test the waters with entrepreneurship, but you always have this fear of, should I quit my full-time job and go into entrepreneurship? What advice would you have for them to actually be an entrepreneur using the resources that you have to test the waters? Being an entrepreneur is actually very easy. I mean, you have very little risk. And then you also have the resources of the company uh, that you can use. You know, one of the big things when I actually left my company, one of the big things that I missed was my um, assistant. Like, you know, oh, you have to set up your own meetings. You have to do everything on your own versus with the company. You, the company has all the resources. And I know that there's a lot of companies that actually encourage innovation and encourage uh, entrepreneurship. But entrepreneurship, there is really nothing to lose, right? Because the risk is not yours and the innovation is yours. So I would absolutely encourage people to go for it. That's pretty cool. Thanks for that wonderful advice. I think that'll help us understand that you can do the best with whatever resources that you have mm -hmm. and don't really have to do a massive shift in order to have your entrepreneurial dream take shape. Right. So tell us about your company, Journeys from Zinda. How did you coin the name? <laughs> it's actually a long uh, story. Uh, the name of the company, when I started the company, it is, it's uh, called Zinda. And Zinda in uh, Hindi, Sanskrit, and a lot of the uh, you know, uh, Aramaic and a bunch of languages, it ba basically means coming alive. So for me, this is like a very abstract uh, philosophical construct where I'm like, okay, this is a new beginning. It's coming alive kind of thing. So that is where the name of the company started. And the name of the product journeys is, uh, you know, it is actually one of those things where we kept saying journey, journey, journey a lot of times. And then finally we were like, 
should we just call it journeys? <laughs> and it's actually one of those things where a couple of years in, because we said the word so many times with respect to all the use cases and the way we use the product, they said, hey, this makes sense because we keep saying that word all the time. Maybe there is like a, you know, <laughs> maybe there is a reason why we are saying it. So that is how the word come in, came in. But basically it is, you know, so journeys is really all about, um, you know, bringing people together and getting initiatives done. And there are different moving parts and getting anything done, right? You have your uh, executives at the top, you have all the middle level management, you have the staff, and it's really all of these people intersecting and coming together. So again, that is where the word journey kept coming in. So therefore we said, hey, let's just call the product journeys. That's pretty if amazing. It's... And I love the word Zinda, you know, somebody who can relate to the term, mm -hmm. it's like coming to life. And right. you've, you've put your heart and soul into bringing your startup to life. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So a quick reminder to our listeners, please drop in a quick hello and where you're tuning in from so we get a chance to acknowledge you. And also drop in a question or a comment for Deepa so we'll get that answered as well as it's an exclusive chance for you to win a free mentoring session again with Deepa. So keep those things coming in. Now let's talk about journeys from Zinda. You focus on workplace behaviors and how do you engage employees through digital mm -hmm. experiences? Tell us a little bit more about what exactly can an employee expect by using a tool like yours. Sure. Uh, you know, so typically in corporations, you have tools for everything, right? You have a place where you can talk, you have your internet, you have your email, you have your chat rooms, you have your task management systems, you have your goal systems, you have systems for everything. But tell me one person in the company who feels as if they've got everything that they need to be successful. You know, what, you know, the typical life, and this is what I saw when I was in, uh, uh, you know, in large companies is that, you know, you're in meetings the entire day. And at the end of the day, your work really starts, right? And when you want to find something, you cannot find it. It's the, the stuff is there all over the place. And um, there isn't a place where, you know, you can actually go there and figure out why are we doing this? Where are we at, etc. So, um so what I found is that we have so many systems all over the place. It's like this thing of there is water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink kind of concept, right? So, so that is really the start, the starting point for journeys. So the whole concept of journeys is all about, you know, you have all these initiatives and at any given point of time, anybody has, they have growth initiatives, they might have, uh, you know, strategic things, you might have cost savings, you might have cultural, you have all of these initiatives sitting uh, in your plate uh, and you are just overwhelmed with too much data that is coming at you. So what Journeys does is that it actually creates a platform where you can actually do multiple things for an initiative. You can actually take a look at it from a high level, from a top level uh, program management aspect of it. That is one aspect of it. Then you can do the whole uh, engagement of people around it, right? Because you can manage the program, but then you still have to engage the people so that they know what's going on. They are part of it. They actually might have to create habits around around these initiatives, right? So there is program management, there is engagement, there is communication and community building. And in some cases, do you have to really digitize the processes to make something happen? So think of something like innovation, right? Innovation is something that everybody wants to do innovation, but typically there is a small group of people that actually does the innovation while everybody does their, their day job. Now, how do you make sure that innovation is something that is incorporated into every person in the company? And that is the kind of stuff that Journeys does, where you can see 
What do you need to do at the high level to make that happen? How do you change the behaviors of all the people so that this actually happens? You know, how do you engage people around it so that they want to do this, right? And how do you create that communication and community building so that you're changing the culture of the company uh, to bring all these things together? Thanks for that great way of putting things together for us. And I agree with you. You know, when big organizations look at embracing these different tools, be it for productivity, time management, or goal setting, we operate in silos. Like the systems mm -hmm. don't talk to each other. And it's just like one more step where you have to log in and remember to do whatever task that needs to be done. And I'm so glad you've thought through that experience. And that talks about your seasoned executive experience working at large organizations. Now tell us this. An organization typically consists of multi-generational workforce. Mm -hmm. How do you make your product appealing to be the baby boomers, the Gen X, the Gen Zs? Good question. Great question. Um, the one thing that uh, connects all of us is, you know, even, even the baby boomers, Gen X, everybody actually uses things like Facebook, like social media, right? There is nobody who does not use social media at this point in time. So I think from that perspective, the social media companies have kind of broken that tech barrier of making sure that the multi-generational uh, folks actually use it, right? So now take into account the reason why they're doing it. They're doing it for a specific reason, right? So for example, for, uh, so I'm a, I'm a Gen X, right? So for me, it is really about getting things done. In general, in general, for my generation, it's all about getting things done. So, so different things will have to appeal to different people, right? So for me, it might be about getting things done and say, can I see what's going on? Can I see the result? Boom, kind of thing, right? Uh, for a younger generation, it might be more about, uh, you know, the, so the social experience, right? It's like, hey, you know, am I the only one who's doing it or are other people doing it? Do I feel that I'm part of this community that is actually doing something good? So there is as that aspect of it for uh, maybe the millennials or the uh, uh, Gen Z kind of folks, right? So for the um, for the baby boomers, etc., for for them in a lot of the cases, what I've seen is that it's all about how can you make things easy, and how can you actually make it so that it is simple to do something. So so different generations have different different needs for sure. I mean, you're right on. Different generations have different needs. So that is where with Journeys, it's really all about, it's not just one strategy. It is really all about figuring out what the strategy is for you to engage your various population. And in some cases, it could be things like gamification. Who doesn't like a game? You know, so we have actually one of our customers where uh, they're using Journeys for their sales team. And they have somebody, they have, their team is from 75 years old to 18 years old. Guess what? Everybody is into this gamification thing where they have this complete, not just individual contest, but team contest, right? So it is like, so they are doing the right thing. They're getting points for doing the right stuff. They are having individual labor boards. They have team competitions. Now everybody is talking just about this uh, every day because it is all about doing your job while getting recognized and rewarded for it at the same time. You know, so these are all various techniques, you know. Incentives go a very long way, right? It mm -hmm. just inspires you to do your job and create right. a sense of team spirit as well. For the example that you mentioned, gamification, it, mm -hmm. it's a great way to build team rapport so people understand like, hey, where do you stand? What's your level or what's your status? And, you know, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of the times, Brinker, the interesting thing is that, you know, it is not just the points, right? Again, think of people that use Fitbit. 
people of all generations use Fitbit to hold themselves uh, responsible. Accountable, right, exactly. Accountable, right? Now on top of that, if you have, you know, like the whole team aspect of it, now it becomes you're going to do more things for your team than you would do for yourself. Right now, all of a sudden, it becomes a completely different thing. And it's not just the accolades or the points and all of that. Sometimes it is just recognition. You did something and somebody said, good job. You know, imagine, again, let me go back to social media. Why do we do things in social media? I just posted a picture today of my puppy. It is it is snowing outside today. So I just posted a picture of my puppy with some snowflakes and called it something. I said, like, uh, we have our dessert for Thanksgiving, like a ch double chocolate cookie with powdered sugar or something. And people are liking it. I'm like, oh, people are liking it. You know, that that immediate instant um, gratification, gratification is exactly. something that everybody's looking for. So these are all the little things. It's nothing big. It's all the little psychological things that how can we, unlike social media, which is using it for, uh, you know, as their business model, you know, how can organizations use it to really do good stuff? and really bring their teams together that that is what journeys is about i love the premise of your tool so it's it's a tool that makes things efficient creates a workflow so people get their job done but at the same time makes the leadership feel more engaged with mm -hmm. with staff and with the frontline employees and for peers themselves so they get to know each right. other's skill sets and the strengths that they bring to the table as well now before i talk more about the technology behind your product i'm going to acknowledge mm -hmm. a couple of our live listeners who have tuned in we have Satya who says, hi, very inspiring interview. Thanks, Satya. We have a thank you. We have a special friend of yours who's joining us live as well. Uh, we have Manju Abraham from the Bay Area. Oh, nice. So uh, she's a college mate of yours. So, so excited that you've always had this passion and energy. So I'm just going to read what Manju says. Uh, I joined in to show my support to Deepa. I'm a college mate who has seen her in action, the passion and energy she brings into everything she does. Uh, thank you, Manju, and thank you, Manju. Appreciate that. Best wishes on every new endeavor to Deepa. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Manju. So let's talk a little bit about the technology behind your product. How does artificial intelligence play a key role in the way your product is developing and learning from all these different mm -hmm. psychological behaviors of people who use it? Absolutely. So uh, you know, so there are things. A lot of the times with artificial intelligence, you know, this is a, this is a conversation I was actually having with somebody. I mean, for artificial intelligence to happen, you need data, right? Artificial intelligence is all about collecting the data and then making decisions with that. Otherwise, it is, you know, just pure logic. You know, it doesn't have to be artificial intelligence. But some of the let me let me give you an example. So so here is an example of, uh, you know, collecting information about sales or the sales behaviors where, you know, there is a. Uh, there is a team that is actually doing certain behaviors and they are getting certain results. And then you can actually determine the kind of behaviors they need to do to get the results that they want to meet the goals that they want. Right. So that would be an example. Another example is that uh, let's say that you have this huge consulting organization that is, uh, that you know, very resource heavy or very people heavy, uh, where they get a, they're getting a lot of feedback to their HR about, you know, things that are happening. So you can actually use artificial intelligence to figure out what is the sentiment of the organization? Are there specific things that are going on in specific geographic areas? Are there specific things that are causing uh, problems for them? And then use that to actually make recommendations on the kind of things that you can do. So just a couple of examples. So it is really all about 
collecting the data and figuring out what kind of patterns do you do you see so that you can make decisions and also playing some of these things back to some of the individuals who is using so that you can you're actually making some recommendations and giving them information so that they can actually get more productive uh you know in and uh, basically do their jobs better well it's amazing to see how well your product has been received but tell me this as an asian woman of color ceo what kind of challenges are you seeing in this startup field you know especially for a product based startup mm-hmm. um i think the product based startup by itself is kind of rough to begin with uh i think especially during this covid time frame it has been particularly rough right um so as a asian woman ceo i think i think one of the biggest things is that you know from a sales perspective i don't see a big problem at all with respect to this is this is not a you know i don't see a big hurdle the biggest hurdle that i'm really seeing is with in terms of funding right with funding you know uh again i'm not sure if this is an asian woman tendency or not but i'm not going to be the one who is actually going out there and saying hey you know this is uh, you know th- th- this is this is this is crazy stuff you know bet on me that's not the culture kind of that i have been brought up in right so i'm very practical and pragmatic and uh you know probably even appear a little risk averse when i'm talking to investors right so i think that is really the biggest thing that i'm seeing from a you know from a uh from a startup perspective which is getting investors getting in front of investors and having the investors realize that you know when i'm saying uh, when i'm this confident compared to somebody else i might be up here but they may or may not realize it you know so so i think so that is really the biggest thing that i've seen pranka which is um, uh, investments really What is your current business model? Are you bootstrapped? Are you looking for more investments and funding? Mm-hmm. Uh so I am bootstrapped currently. I'm in the process of actually raising money. I'm process of process of raising seed capital. Uh so hopefully looking to uh close about um million and a half in 6 uh, to 9 months. So that is what I'm aiming for. That's pretty awesome and you know as part of our Career Startup Leadership Podcast family, we're happy to cheer and support for you in any way we can to amplify Thank you. your story of journey. So keep us at the back of your mind whenever you need us absolutely thank you appreciate that so tell us about the role of mentorship and allies as part of this startup journey how impactful mm-hmm. have they been to help you realize your dreams and passion huge huge um uh, because you know my background is tech right i manage large teams but startup is like a totally different animal it's like the difference between i don't know like a cantaloupe and a grape or something it's like so totally different it's not even funny right but coming in there i've done an mba uh so i thought i've done an mba i've done entrepreneurship courses i think i know what it is had no clue like zero clue right because once you started is when you realize what what really reading about sales or reading about marketing and doing a project is not the same as actually doing something and especially for our product so having mentors in each one of these areas was huge for me i mean i would not have come this far if i didn't have have help from my mentors uh, at all so that has been huge um and uh, you know having allies obviously is a big thing you know there are organizations like uh, 1871 in chicago which is an entrepreneur ecosystem that has helped me quite a bit with you know um with cohorts of women cohorts of uh, companies in the same stage which has been very helpful for me so without all of these things you know again jumping in there 
I jumped in without really thinking through, hey, the consequences. And I, I just jumped in and said, hey, I'm, I'm sure I can figure out how to swim. I really needed a lot of help from all of these people to swim. Otherwise, it would have been totally impossible. What advice would you have to your younger self now that you've gained so much of business acumen, which is different yeah. from our textbook MBA knowledge? Mm -hmm. uh, advice from my younger self is basically do a little bit more research. You know, a little bit more research and talk to people who have gone through the same stages that people that are right in front of you. You know, this is something that we should do, but we never do. Right. Uh, a lot of the times we might rely on books, but talking to people who have gone through the same experience is huge. And a lot of the times we make the mistake of, oh, that was that person. I'm going to do it different which is good and bad, which is good because at least you have the confidence to keep going, but which is bad because you have to listen to what they've gone through because trust me, you will go through that. You know, all of these, none of these things are new. It's like uh, motherhood, right? It's like mm, billions of people have become moms, but you're like, you know, every first mom thinks, I know it, I know how to, because I'm different, my kid is different. The truth is they're not you know, and the same thing with companies. So there are a lot of people with a lot of experience. So make sure that you're talking to a lot of people and you don't, you don't have to learn everything from scratch. You don't have to. I mean, there are enough people that have the knowledge and that will give you the time that want to help you help to make you successful. So reach out to those folks. That's pretty amazing piece of advice and a reality check, right? Because we always feel we know our best, but mm -hmm. taking a step back and learning from people who have been through those experience it takes a lot of humility to have that kind of a mindset yeah check the ego at the door i mean ego and uh although it is kind of interesting right when you actually think about a lot of these really really uh successful entrepreneurs think about people like elon musk or think about people like uh, uh jobs or bill gates you know during the microsoft days all about the ego right uh, there is a lot of ego involved, but, you know, I don't know. So from my perspective, I needed to really check my ego at the gate and not an ego from a perspective of, hey, I know kind of thing or, you know, I'm the best kind of thing, but more from a perspective of be willing to be open and learn because because you can actually shortcut a, a lot. You can shortcut a lot of learnings and pains and the troughs if you just are listening to other people. So it, it does make a huge difference is what I've seen. The, you know, the minute I started realizing that, hey, I don't know stuff and I better listen to people that are telling me stuff, but still at some point in time, you need to make decisions because there are a lot of people who give you a lot of advice, but if you keep listening to advice, then you're gonna get into an analysis paralysis stage. So you do have to give yourself time to get the advice, then make up your mind and keep doing what you need to do. That's pretty impressive. On that note, Manju would like to know, what are your guiding principles to keep a positive attitude while handling CEO responsibilities? And I would like to add something on top of it, balancing motherhood with three children as well. What's mm -hmm. the secret sauce behind your success? Um, so motherhood with three children, <laughs> let's start with that first, right? Um, see, for me, it is all about, it is all about, um prioritizing i mean it's it's it, it, it sounds very dry but it's really all about a lot of compartmentalizing compartmentalizing and prioritizing right so it is about so what i want so whatever i want to do i go do it 
I don't stop myself, right? But what it means though is that for that to happen, uh, I need to make some adjustments. So for example, if I want to go become a yoga teacher, I go do it. But I say, I'm going to do it only during such and such time. And then I'm not going to let that impact me for the rest of my day. Right. So there is some compartmentalization that is needed. Um, and with children, again, it's all about it is not about kind of, you know, um, I've never been a helicopter parent ever. Uh, you know, so so with my children, it's been like once they've actually reached uh, middle school, you know, I give them I set expectations and saying this is what I'm expecting you to do. I'm expecting you to keep your room clean. I'm expecting you to do this when you need help. Come get me. I will be there but I'm not going to be there sitting over them and doing their homework and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Not at all. So I'm actually, you know, that helps free up some time for me. Right. So Manju, going back to, uh, going back to Manju's question, can you, can you tell me Manju's question again? I don't think I answered that. Uh, the guiding principles to keep, to keeping a positive attitude while handling CEO responsibilities. Right. So I think, I think it is. So for me, every day has to be balanced. So every day I have to, you know, I have a, um, I have a, a, what do you call that? I have a list for me where it's like, these are the things that I have to get to. And I have to, uh, and these are the things that I know I will not get to write my to-do list and my not to-do list. And instead of trying to bring my issues from one day to the next day, I try to solve it all on the same day. And if I'm like, for example, yesterday, um, in the morning, I was not in a good frame of mind, right? In the sense, I was like, I was getting all stressed out and not in a good frame of mind. So instead of going in and continuing the rest of the day with that frame of mind, I said, I'm just going to take an hour, hour and a half for myself. I'm going to do meditation. No, I'm going to cancel my meetings and just going to do meditation. And that's it. And then what that helped me do is that for the rest of the day, I was super productive. But then if I had continued kind of keeping on that on that stress and the tension, my entire day would have been gone. So I think that is really my attitude. My guiding principle is balance every single day. That's uh, very true. Yeah. You know, you bring in a couple of psychological traits behind it. One is that feeling of guilt, you know, especially as a mom, when you feel like you have to be more available or mm -hmm. be that helicopter parent. Mm -hmm. And the second aspect is creating time and space for your well-being. Because mm -hmm. if you're productive and you're happy, that reflects on people around you. Mm -hmm. What do you do for yourself to create this kind of a mindset where you're very pragmatic towards your approach for life? Um, so I think, you know, um, Manju, Manju and I have talked about this earlier, too. So this is, you know, as women, we come in with a lot of guilt. I think that is hardwired into the DNA, right? Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not a, I'm not a good enough anything. My house is not good enough. My nothing is good enough for you. Right. I think one of the first things is kind of forgiving yourself for that. I think we are one of the our harshest critics. Right. You're your own harshest critic. So one of the biggest thing is to say again every day. I forgive myself. You know, yeah, I am not perfect. Oh well, that's what it is. You know, so so trying to keep that expectation uh, kind of you know practical with respect to yes, it is okay if my house is a little dirty. It's okay if we are eating restaurant food for today and we are not cooking or whatever, right? And it's okay if I don't get you know if, if this meeting was not perfect. So I think giving ourselves that grace, I think, is very important. 
the minute we are able to forgive ourselves, everything else kind of falls into place. And it's not something, it's not one of these knowledge that I was born with, by the way. Uh, you know, it is something that I actually, you know, after talking to a lot of really smart people and some spiritual learnings and all of that stuff, this is where all this is coming from, which is the first thing that you have to do is love yourself and forget, forgive yourself. And then after that, it's easy for you to do the same for everybody else. This actually creates harmony and that actually creates growth. You know, uh, one of the one of my first uh, yoga instructors, you know, she used to keep saying all the time. And I think that caught up into my brain, which is, hey, what are you doing right now with yoga? Don't think of it as selfish. It is something that you need. It's that oxygen mask thing, right? If you don't give yourself an oxygen mask, then how are you supposed to take care of everybody else? So don't kick yourself for that. You need it. It's part of what you need. Now, that's very true. And it's just part of a cultural upbringing, right? I can really resonate as a fellow, uh, you know, Asian woman. We always put others' needs first. And right. then towards the end, we have this feeling of guilt and, you know, mm -hmm. self-doubt that we're not putting our authentic self out there. So yeah. I really enjoyed hearing from you on how you balance all of this and focus on your self-care and happiness. Yeah, because without that, again, as the like the example that I was saying yesterday, right? I could have been miserable all day and be like super unproductive the entire day. So instead, if I just I just took that hour and a half for myself and kind of steadied myself, and then the rest of the day was great. You know, I think I got a lot of things done. But without that, at the end of the day, I would have been like totally miserable. Right. That, that's very true. I have a couple, a couple of quick comments and questions from our yeah. live listeners, which I'm going to get to in a quick second. So let's start with Raji. She's throwing an accolade for you. You have a bias for action and have always inspired, especially your alumni cohort with your passion, drive, and leadership. Thank you, Raji. And uh, Manju says, your practice of meditation, forgive and forget and letting go and moving forward are, you know, I see those as your pillars of success because these are very hard things to imbibe uh, deeper because it's easier to say hey meditate yoga you know just let go yeah. have a chilled out life but yeah rewiring your brain takes a lot of time and effort to get to that spiritual and philosophical state of mind yeah. absolutely absolutely and like i said this it is only in the past let's say three years that i'm in this mode right now it was you know till this point of time i'd be the first one to like oh my god such a bad meeting what did i do you know let me blame myself for everything the minute you stop that, the minute you, you know, the minute you do that and the minute you say, no, it's okay, everything changes. And it's a, and like everything, like exercise, like everything, it's a habit, right? That is where, you know, going back to that whole journey's thing of habit formation, the habit formation is critical because everything that we do is a habit, right? I mean, I'm not sure if you do this, Priyanka, nowadays I don't drive. But, uh, but you know, when you get in the car, you automatically go autopilot, you go, you take an exit, you go to a place if you're not thinking about it, right? Why is that? It's a habit. Very if you're true. able to rewire your brain to change your habits, your life changes. I mean, everything changes for you. You know, that's a very amazing way of looking at life. And I'm, I'm so glad you're here on the podcast to provide this amazing wisdom, not just as a startup CEO, but you as a person, and that's what the Career Startup Leadership Podcast is about. It's about your personal journey where we can learn from you in order to, uh, you know, just learn from the best and the wisest who are just around you. You just have to look for them. I would not call myself the wisest, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, there you go. Your, your humility over there. 
Uh, we have Hina who's joining us uh, live as well. Hi, Hina. Welcome to the show. Couple of quick things. Anne Andrews uh, says, the ability of today's woman to be centered, be in touch with what she needs and create a space around her, which is optimal for her family and herself is the biggest success of all. Um, you know, Very one, true, Anne. one thing, uh, Deepa, is people around you also need to understand when you're rewiring your brain, right? So it's not just you. Mm -hmm. How do you educate and create awareness among people that, hey, this is how my perspective towards life has changed and getting their buy-in. Yeah. Um, you know, initially it's kind of very funny because, you know, a lot of these things are, it's a journey that you go through by yourself. You know, the people around you may or may not be part of that. But the thing is that the more you talk about it, and the interesting thing is that, you know, with my kids, you know, initially I would say all of these things and they would roll their eyes. You know, I thought they were, their eyeballs would leave their face. It would be like that. But what is interesting is that, you know, my two of my girls are in college and they call back and you say that, you know, when they when everything is going for you in life, you don't need any of this because if luck is on your side and the things are just going for you, you don't need any of this. Only when things actually are not going for you and then you have to figure out how do you deal with those situations, that's when you need all of these things, right? So, so with my, with my kids, for example, when things are not going for them and I say, just try this, you know, they're like, no mom, just try this and it would work. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, so a lot of the times it's basically saying the same thing, repeating again, habit formation, brain rewiring. How do, how does our brain rewire? We see the same thing. We read the same thing. We see it over and over again. We think about it and then slowly, slowly is how our brain rewires. So exactly like that is what my, you know, so when I'm having conversations with my family, with my friends, again, the first time I say something is like, where is this from? Was she crazy? You know, this is like, uh, uh, you know, my friends actually used to call me Swamini and all that, right? Uh, you know, it's like, oh, Saint Deepa kind of thing. And now it's like when you actually, again, talk about the same thing and when they experience it and when they try it out, then all of a sudden it becomes real and, you know, Again, incremental, slowly. That's very true. So thank you, Anne, for that wonderful, thought-provoking uh, comment as well. Now, Raji likes to know, what's one of the biggest challenges you've overcome with journeys so far? The biggest challenges? The biggest challenge is myself, getting over myself. You know, because um, uh, a lot of the times, again, going back to the whole thing of, um, and this is something a lot of the lot of the people actually say, you have to get out of your own way of success because there are certain things that you think that you know. There are certain things where you're like, hey, I can do this or I cannot do this. So getting out of my own way was really my biggest thing because, you know, first thing I started when I started my company, the first thing that I said is that I'm not a salesperson. You know, I think salespeople are bad. You know, I'm not a salesperson, so I'm not going to be selling and somebody else is going to be selling. And I was looking for a salesperson for a long time till I realized that I am the salesperson. You know, I am the person. So a lot of the times it is really, a lot of the times it started, it is trying to get out of your own way of certain, certain uh, you know, expectations that you have, certain beliefs that you have that you're hardwired with. And then once you get that out of the way, it's gonna be so much easier. Um, we might have a slight problem, okay? So I have my dog here who wants to get out and he is barking. Is it okay if I leave for half a second and come right back? Absolutely, go for it. Okay. <laughs> 
you know, I'm so glad when members of the family also join your session, right? As part of the COVID pandemic, it's a balancing act to have everyone as part of our podcast. So super happy to have her pet as well. And to our listeners, I'm going to do a quick reminder, continue dropping your questions or a comment for a free mentoring session with Deepa. And do remember to subscribe to us by following me, Priyanka Komla, on all channels that you're listening from. All right, so we have Deepa back here. Such a balancing act, right? I mean, you got to welcome all members of your family as part of the podcast. Right. Yeah, the, uh, the other one's making some sound right now. So hopefully he's not going to come down as well. <laughs> I thought I had told, told my husband that I'm doing this, but maybe he wasn't paying attention. Hey, maybe I said right. it only one time. <laughs> <laughs> Forming those habits on a regular basis. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right. So we have a fun rapid fire round for you. Are you ready mm -hmm. for it? Yep, absolutely. So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following role model. Role model. My role model are people who actually are who have big visions. So my role model are people like like Gandhiji, like Martin Luther King. You know, I know I should say something more practical, but that's what comes to my mind. How do you define success? Success for me is balance. Uh, it is the balance of really what your desires are. Uh, it is, you know, uh, it could be, a, you know, what do you want to do and have you accomplished it rather than something that is, you know, money related or, you know, typical thing, your, your desire and the balance of that. What does happiness mean to you? Happiness is, are you successful or not? <laughs> I like the way the logic shifts to the question about. Yeah, happiness is success. But because if you're successful, you're happy, right? Again, the success, again, it's not money. It's not specific things. What do you want? Did you get it? And that is what, if you got it, then you're happy. One fun thing about Deepa, you haven't shared anywhere else, and it's exclusive to our Career Startup Leadership Podcast listeners. Oh, wow. Uh, my life is an open no one fun thing I'm not a very fun person Priyanka I don't Why? have any fun thing to yeah I don't have any I'm actually a very very boring person there is nothing fun about me at all um, yeah I, maybe yeah, I think I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was growing up I think I was dreaming about fashion designs when I was in engineering college but that did not come to fruition <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's good to know that you had a different career set out for you. <laughs> so, um, one last question: What sure. is your native language, and one word to describe yourself in your native language with the meaning of it as well? Ah, uh, uh, my native language is Malayalam. It's a it's a language spoken in Kerala, the southernmost part of India. And one word to describe me in my native language. Um, so Deepa means light, right? So um, I would love to actually create light for myself and people around me. So is that good enough? Hey, that's very apt. So uh, you know, that's a wonderful way to wrap up the episode as well. So I have a couple of uh, quick closing comments uh, on this episode. We have Minnie Nair who says, keeping it so real, go deeper. We have Satya who says, very informative, interesting, and inspiring interview. Thanks, Satya, as well. So what is one parting thought, Deepa, that you would share with our listeners, as well as your experience on the podcast as well? Um, so the parting thought really is that, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's something that you want to do within work or outside work, my biggest thing is just 
just go for it. You know, the more you think about it, the more you analyze it, it's not going to happen. So uh, my main thing is if you want something, go for it. Do the research, whatever it is that you need to do, but really go for it. So that would be my uh, parting thought. And uh, Priyanka, thank you so much. This is a great experience working with you on the podcast. And um, I think, you know, hopefully this is going to be useful for, um, you know, uh, other entrepreneurs, other tech leaders to be in the Career, career Leadership Podcast. Did I get that right? Yes, this is Career Startup Leadership Podcast. Uh, career Startup Leadership Podcast. There you go. Uh, and um, and uh, thank you for the great experience. This was this was awesome. That's I had wonderful. a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Deepa. See, you get to see the other side of you, which you didn't realize you had the fun side of Deepa. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really loved the conversations that we had. You know, it was very candid. You know, we wanted to focus on AI and the story of journeys, but I've also learned a lot in terms of being human. You know, being kind, being real and authentic, and that's a one of the big takeaways for me on this podcast, uh, Career Startup Leadership. So the key takeaway I would say is one, feel good about yourself and you don't have to take life so seriously. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's one aspect of it. And the second is, you know, when you have a product or a startup idea in mind, start small by being an entrepreneur and see, you know, how that works for you. And then when you are ready to fly out with your wings, give it your all. Mm -hmm. And do the best by surrounding yourself with mentors and allies who are invested in your success. And that's a great way to see a lot of your friends and well-wishers on the show as well who have spoken such good things about you. Yeah, I know. They were awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank you. And I just quickly posted it there. So thank you for jumping on. Thank you. See, that's the, you know, the, the troop that you need to have, the tribe that always right. helps you mm -hmm. to get to the next level. So thank you Absolutely. so much, Absolutely. Really appreciate your time and your energy in sharing a different dimension of you as a startup CEO, as well as as someone who is investing in self-care and emotional well-being of you and your family. So kudos on that as well. And to our listeners, hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to keep the lucky winner uh, open. So if you're watching this on live or replay, continue to drop a question or a comment, and then we'll connect offline to give out that lucky winning uh, mentorship session with Deepa as well. Good deal, Deepa. Sounds good. Awesome. So to our listeners, hope you enjoyed this special episode of Celebrating Artificial Intelligence Innovators. We had Deepa Karta, who is the CEO of Journeys. She's such an amazing person to get to know. So follow her on LinkedIn and Twitter so you can continue to hear more about her journey and her nuggets of wisdom. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off from Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, C-suite executives, and entrepreneurs who provide insights from the personal journey to inspire you. And again, do continue to subscribe to us. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe icon for us, please, as well as a like to let us know how inspiring this journey of Deepa has been to you. And on LinkedIn, you can follow me, Priyanka Komla, as well as our Career Startup Leadership podcast page. We're also on Twitter and your favorite podcast streaming platform. So feel free, feel free to put in a review and a rating for us as well. And thank you so much, Deepa. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you.